back in there. Recording in progress. Hello and welcome to Woman's Place. My name is Tina. Um, if you were recording this on Sunday, the, the 1st of August, Lunasa. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I just did a hour of two hours of presenting protest songs again with Dublin Digital Radio. You can check that out on Dublin Digital Radio. Got some good tunes in there for you, including Michael Collins by uh, Michael McAvoy and uh, some Che Guevara songs, some Eminem, anything that you could want. Um, so if you'd like two hours of a bit of a history lesson through music, you can check that out. I'll link that on the socials. And there's also a part one. So part one and two. And the second one was two hours long, which honestly was like I had to write an essay for it. It was like 3000 words I ended up writing at the end of the day. But anyway, um, so that's our update. We're going to also have to, we're also going to be doing more regular content. Yay. Um, we are learning consistency in 2021. Well, Christina is anyway. Um, so I'd like to welcome Circa also, my co-host. Circa, you want to give a quick Hello. and introduce Hello, the everybody. Thank you. Oh, by the way, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And today we are kind of doing a part two to our mental health podcast, which if you haven't listened to, please go back and listen to it. Um, it kind of details women's mental health from, I suppose, the year dot really to um, to now. And First this is kind of a part the year two. dot and then there was women. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And now we're going to discuss, um, today we're going to discuss conservatorship, which has been in the news an awful amount recently um, due to Britney Spears. So before we get into Britney Spears, I just want to very quickly explain what a conservatorship is. So obviously a conservatorship is um, what they call it in America. And according to uh, the Superior Court, it is a legal concept that allows a judge to grant a guardian or multiple guardians full control of a person's finances if that person is physically or mentally unable to manage them on their own. So that basically means that they have control of everything, whether you're spending a million dollars on a Ferrari or whether you're spending four dollars on a drink at Starbucks they control that and they decide whether or not you can spend your money, whether or not you can consent to medical treatment, whether or not you can leave the country. Um, it's very, it is very um, heavy, quite heavy. Like they can restrict their, their um, contracting power. So like you can't sign a contract without your conservator. Um, and they can also uh, control your social and sexual relationships. So, it's kind of like they a, a kind husband. Of... <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. It's kind, kind of, of like, like a an husband, 18th century like, husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a dad, you know, if like imagine having a you know, a dad who was constantly following like it, which we'll talk about later, but like just a parent, like a parent but for adults, but more controlling. Yeah, so a lot of the times it's used with somebody, say, who has dementia or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um and that's kind of how it was originally planned to be used. But because of this is the United States of America and because of the, was the looseness of the words in the actual law or the broadness of the words in the actual law, conservatorship is often applied to younger people as well. And one of those people is Britney Spears. <clears throat> so I think we all remember Britney Spears' famous meltdown 
back in 2007. Um, what do you remember about that time, Christina? Like, what was, how, how was it kind of reported in your eyes? Um, actually, what's her name? Rosanna Purcell put up a, a, a magazine yesterday and she was like, are we in 2010? And it was all of these celebrity beach bodies who were oh, like gosh. overweight or cellulite or like were, climb- were like getting up and they had folds, which was just skin. And then like comments on it. And I haven't, yeah. I don't know, I don't, I don't pay attention to magazines anymore. But my, but I don't know if you'll agree with me, but like the, when we were teenagers and growing up, magazines were so so central mean so mean as well so mean so mean but they were so central to how we consumed celebrity culture and definitely it wasn't like the celebrity news wasn't a thing social media wasn't a thing we got all our goss and everything through these um magazines so my 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 overarching enemy is like her bald head on the um on the cover of these magazines because I think I used to also work what what year was that when that happened 2007 2007 I was working in a shop as well so I would oh, have yeah, seen okay. magazines quite a lot and a yeah so I remember her being on that and I would consume these a lot and then I think there was I think this is around the time that it started seeping like E! News was big. I used to watch that on like we had Sky. So it was like this commentary like what is going what is wrong with her? She's such a psycho. So it was just this very like Diana, you know, being followed around. It was like over it was like a huge oversaturation of attention on her because she was kind of like America's princess in a way. Um, she joined the Mickey Mouse Club when she was 11 um, and basically was catapulted to stardom. Like when she was, by the time she was 20, she had three albums out and she was under huge amounts of pressure from the paparazzi. Um, they followed her everywhere, like mm-hmm. every little thing she did. And that was, as you said, it was really the height of those uh, celebrity culture magazines. And I think that... Anybody who was in the public eye was going to get a huge amount of of paparazzi, but her being America's princess just really set it off. So Mm -hmm. in 2007, her aunt um, actually passed away. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people outside of the family, that's what they say really set off this whole um, downward spiral that she then went on. So she checked herself into rehab and checked herself back out again. Um, just prior to this, she was, uh, she was divorcing it kind of during this, she was divorcing her husband, Kevin Federline and kind of arguing for custody of their children. So that was like another stressor on top of her aunt dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so the day after she checked herself out of rehab is kind of that famous day where she went to a hair salon in Los Angeles and shaved her head. Mm-hmm. And the I so distinctly remember the pictures from that. Yeah, like she, they were up against the window taking pictures of her and her long blonde hair was just falling um, onto the floor. And I, I seen so many pictures of that night and I've never looked for them, if you know what I mean. Like I've never looked for those pictures and yet I've seen them hundreds and hundreds of times. Uh, and to me, like the way she looks, she looks to me like she's in a bit of a mania. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know, like she's she's really um, really manic, and she then checked herself into treatment facilities. And in two th- in October, she then lost physical custody of her sons. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is closed, so the court never revealed why she lost custody of her sons, but she did. And then also during this time of great huge turmoil, she released her fifth studio album. So. I just kind of, I kind of feel like if somebody is going through what is clearly a mental break, she was having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. She released her fifth studio album and went on promotional tours during this time. Yeah. Like, that really reminds me, I don't know about you, of Amy Winehouse, yeah, who yeah. was clearly not in her right mind, not in a good place. And her studio executives forced her to keep working. Her dad. Yeah. And that, that dad idea is going to come up with a huge mm-hmm. amount. So one thing I'll just um, say, um, like there's yeah. a few hints of like Britney's, um, Britney's life, I suppose. I think the biggest one is, I mean, I think like this podcast is going, is named um, not a girl, not yet a human. And like her, 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 her song, like not, not a girl, not yet a woman. It was like her grappling with this maturity question, um, which I think we see now more prevalently now, now that she's a bit older, that it's far more stark than when she was like 25 or 26. Like the maturity, her maturity level um, was potentially, you know, uh, stunted. Impacted. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. But also the bigger song, one of her bigger bigger songs is Lucky, um, which is like, it talks about like, I'm so lucky, I'm a star, but I cry, cry, cry. In yeah, the I remember. Heart thinking, if there's nothing missing in my life, then why do these tears come at night? So it was like, it kind of details a lonely existence, even though she's put up in this pedestal. Um, so I think that's like, you can kind of see that in her in her early pop music that she's struggling with some of these um, big life questions and being um, unsatisfied or you know in her life Um, but yeah um, moving on definitely like excuse me in two in 2008 then the next year she um, was hospitalized and her visitation rights to go and see her son were her sons were suspended, and her ex-husband Kevin Federline was given sole physical and legal custody. She was then put on a psychiatric hold, a five one fifty um, involuntary hold. So she was sectioned basically, and during the time that she was sectioned, her uh, father applied for a conservatorship. So her father and his attorney Andrew Wallace gained complete control of her assets. She was released from hospital five days later and over the next couple of years, she gained back the rights to see her sons. She gained back her custody and for nearly a decade, she did not speak publicly about her conservatorship at all. Mm. She continued to make albums, go on TV programs, make documentaries and had two 100 show Vegas uh, residencies. Conservative estimates put one Britney tour at the value of 50 million. So for nearly a decade, she went on tour, did her residencies, her her albums, everything else, making serious bank 
mm-hmm. like millions upon millions and millions of dollars. And she has claimed that during this time, she was heavily encouraged to continue touring on, and performing when she was ill and felt very unwell. And the money just kept racking up. So Jamie Spears, her father, has said his sole motivation is his unconditional love for his daughter and desires, uh, sorry, his unconditional love for his daughter and his desire to protect her from those trying to take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. Now, in his role as conservator, he makes over $130,000 annually in salary. Okay? That, that to me, number one, like that, that figure to me for taking care of someone's finances is extraordinarily high. $130,000 for... That wouldn't be that high in America. I think that's crazy. Like $130,000 just in salary alone, never mind expenses, never mind, you know, anything else. I wouldn't say that, that, that in America that wouldn't be that high. Like you're uh, an average wage... A, an average a loan wage would be 50 really yeah i mean and I people they are pay much, for their health care and stuff but but, no taxes. but dollars are way weaker everything is more yeah, expensive true so like it doesn't it doesn't sound like that doesn't even <clears> sound you couldn't compare a hundred thousand like if you're living on a hundred thousand dollars in new york for instance you need minimum 50 grand to live in new york and that's like minimum wage um to be able to afford stuff so a hundred thousand that doesn't even sound like in dollars that i know that sounds a lot but it it really isn't um it's still six figures but um you know it's like donald trump who's like oh i don't need this money i don't need this money um you can just have it because it's nothing to them a couple of hundred thousand i'm so bad at that stuff yeah so bad at it So in 2014, um, her father put forward an order determining that Brittany did not have the capacity to consent to medical treatment of any form. And in 2016, she told a court investigator that her father was obsessed with her and wanted to control everything about her. That obviously none of that came into the public eye until last year. Last year in 2019, she called off her uh, Vegas residency and her after her father became very ill he had like a perforated stomach or something like something very serious so she called that off and then in March Andrew Andrew Wallace who was her father's co-conservator resigned and he said that this conservatorship is engaged in numerous ongoing business activities requiring immediate attention and that Brittany would suffer substantial detriment and irreparable harm and immediate danger if he didn't step down Mm -hmm. which is a very odd thing to say yeah. that she would be in danger if you didn't step down. Strange. So under his leadership, the Spears estate grew by nearly 20 million. And he also claims to have kept many hundreds of people from working with her because they would have given her drugs um, and that would have ruined her financially, apparently. So she entered a psychiatric facility later that month And then these allegations started to come out that started and garnered the hashtag Free Britney movement. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of information began leaking out that, for example, um, Jamie Spears, there was an allegation that he had a physical altercation with Britney's children. And he was 
given a temporary restraining order that he wasn't allowed near Britney's children. And so because of that, then he wasn't allowed near Britney. So he was actually taken off of her conservatorship and her longtime um, care manager, Jodie Montgomery, replaced her father as the conservator. Almost immediately, Spears went to court and said that she wanted Jodie Montgomery to be her permanent conservator and she didn't want Jamie to be her conservator at all. Mm. Um, that November, the judge re- re- declined Britney's re- request, despite allegations that Britney said she was afraid of him. In May, he filed to extend her conservatorship to um, 11 other states, apart from where she lives in Louisiana. So he, con- he extended it to 11 other states. And just before she was... Um, in June this year, just before she was set to speak to the court, the New York, obta- the New York Times obtained confidential documents um, that said, and this is a, a quote from Brittany, I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy because if I said that enough, maybe I would become happy. I'm in shock. I'm traumatized. I'm so angry. It's insane. I'm scared of people and I don't know who to trust with what I've been through. And it's not okay to force me to do anything. And I truly believe that this conservatorship is abusive. So when that came out, um, Brittany again filed for a new lawyer. So in a conservatorship, which is one of the most ridiculous things about it is you have, don't have the right to hire your own lawyer. You get a court-appointed lawyer. So she asked for a new lawyer, and this is currently going through um, the courts at the moment. Yeah. So this is all kind of happening at the moment. Um, so for the conservatorship to be terminated, Brittany would need to prove that she's able to navigate life um, without trouble. And the, the thing about that is like, it's how hard is it to prove that you are not quote unquote crazy? Do you know what I, do you know what I mean? It's a lot yeah, harder sure. to prove something isn't happening than it is happening. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this links back to our mental health podcast where we spoke about men controlling women. Men who control women through conservatorships remind me of men who controlled women by locking them up in asylums in the 19th century. Yes, yeah, mental health or insanity being used as a reason to isolate or incarcerate women. And like, this you know it's also a reason to discard them you know like you can be socially isolated or incarcerated the way that Sinead O'Connor was you know she was she was told that she was insane and then she went through a whole process of like kind of incarceration and like social rejection like that as well um actually causes serious um trauma um yeah because humans are social animals you know Mm. we we need like we need other humans you know like the amnesty international have called solitary confinement like a breach of your human rights because humans are social animals yeah um and it just kind of reminds me like we spoke about in our last in our podcast about mental health that just for example um men used to lock up their female relatives um for a myriad of reasons um but some of the reasons they gave to the intake form were things like depression 
use of abusive language, um, postnatal depression, nymphomania was extremely common uh, reason for people to be admitted, masturbation or being overtly sexual. Um, you could be insane by childbirth. That was another one. Insane by domestic troubles, insane by religious excitement. And obviously, some of these women had genuine mental health issues and the asylum was not the place for them um, at all. But some of these women, actually, what it was, was they were in the man's way. They either had money or were going to come into money or some sort of an inheritance. And if they weren't there, then the man was going to get it. Mm -hmm. And some of them weren't, were is some of those things on this list, like reading as well, like reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like re reading, like reading books that women aren't meant like, 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 you know, yeah. like that aren't about sewing and needlepoints mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, and this just kind of, it, it's all, it's all feeling very patriarchal and greedy. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, I think that these conservatorships, as we'll see in a second with other celebrities who've had conservatorships, for me, uh, it always goes back to the money. You know, yeah. follow the money. Who is getting the money? Because that's the reason that this is happening. Or so, some kind of social containment. Like if you consider the same formula, which we will do a podcast and well, as well about, but is used for... Um, Magdalene laundries you know uh, and some of them were called Magdalene asylums you know it yeah, was they were. crazy women um or and for this you could take that same list and, and apply it like um it's so um it, like in the in in it's like a, a containment for these troublesome women either they are bringing shame for some reason or they are in the way and this is the way we can strip them of their agency and then um, take what's theirs and make it ours with a legitimacy that the law allows you know the, the law essentially um, this is a legal way you can strip uh, someone of their of their human rights of their rights of, yeah. of everything yeah definitely yeah. Um, some of the other celebrities who've had conservatorships would be Amanda Bynes um, who was another child actor like Britney. Um, she was on the Amanda show and in 2013, she was involved in several uh, driving and drug related incidents. And her mother was granted control of her estate, which was estimated to be in excess of 5 million. Um, she has repeatedly said that she wants the conservatorship to end and yet it continues because the courts allow it to continue. Um, she's also in, has, has been engaged to her partner for years and her parents will not approve a legal marriage, which they are entitled to do under the terms of her conservatorship. So they're refusing um, her to get married, mm. which is quite um, middle ages-esque kind of really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, another, another child star who's battled drug addiction, um, her father has approached the courts many times to get the same type of conservatorship that Jamie Spears has for his daughter. However, he's failed. Um, but it's interesting that he keeps trying. It's it's Heather Lock. Can I, can I just point out it's like how like if you are not next of kin, like how does a father like how does a father beyond the legal age have any right over another adult? I really am struggling. Oh God. Conservatorship in America, Tina, is psychotic. 
there are people there who have no connection, no relation to the person being conservative, for want of a better word. Um, like you can, in America, you can walk into a courtroom and you can say, my neighbor, Mrs. O'Reilly, who is 75, has been out the back burning her nightdress. I think she needs a conservatorship. She can't take care of herself. And if there is no one else, if there's no other relative or anyone around, they'll go, yeah, no problem. Stamp that form. And then you are in charge of that person, their finances and everything. What? There's a movie on Netflix about it. It's psychotic, the power that these people have. I remember watching a Vice documentary on it, which I highly recommend anyone look up, just type Vice conservatorship into YouTube. And like a person who will say had a traumatic brain injury was put under conservatorship and is now well able to take care of themselves and is yet still under conservatorship by someone that they don't know that has no connection to them. It's, yeah. Oh, it's very bad. Very, very bad. Um, so <clears throat> look it up. You'll be, you'll be so, so surprised. Uh, an example of that would be uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. He was suffering with mental health issues and he went to see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist diagnosed him with bipolar bipolar schizoaffective disorder and he gave him this medication and so Brian went home to his family started taking the medication and the medication made him hallucinate and he became very docile and very scared Mm. so what do you think his psychologist did? Went to court and got a conservatorship for him. So that man, who was not related in any way to Brian Wilson, got a conservatorship and took control of his assets and his estate. So Brian Wilson's cousin ended up having to go to court to get the conservatorship moved over to him. And that just kind of demonstrates in America, that whole story demonstrates how mad it is that kind of almost anybody can get a conservatorship on somebody given it, that they have a strong enough argument or a strong enough legal team and I just think that that's really worrying and in Ireland our conservatorship system isn't a lot better if I'm honest so the conservatorship in Ireland um, is governed under the Lunacy Regulation Act of 1871 mm-hmm. The name just, oh God, yeah. So while people can be sectioned or can be committed to an institution under the Mental Health Act 2001, um, the wardship system, which is what conservatorship is in Ireland, is, um, is more regulated by the Lunacy Act. So like the conservatorship in America, um, wardship is a court appointed decision usually um for somebody who is deemed not to have the capacity to make any decisions on their own so they can't make any decisions about any areas of their life including medical treatment finances uh buying clothes like there was an article and one woman was questioned about why she spent 70 euros on a pair of runners Mm. um and like 70 euros some runners cost 210 230 euros, a good, pair, euros not like, a good pair of yeah. runners for a set like was she 70 you said 70 euros she spent on them but yeah. at what age was she elderly or older oh no no, no she no, was no. just uh, a like, younger person if you need like i like if like a pair of aztecs if you need um 
you know, heel support or, uh, he, uh, you know, any kind of support, and you're like, are going to be 130, 150 or like, that's normal. Enough. Exactly. It just kind of points out like how kind of far removed from reality some of these arrangements are. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time they are used for uh, managing large amounts of either damages or inheritances. So mm-hmm. if somebody who is deemed not to have the mental capacity to take care of themselves receives a large inheritance, that inheritance is put into like kind of a trust for them. And anything that they want to buy, like even four euro in Starbucks, that is um, that is looked at and it's decided whether the person should or shouldn't have been allowed to spend that money and their own money. And one of the biggest things is that in Ireland, they're actually really hard to get out of. Like warships are harder nearly to get out of than conservatorships in America because under... Um, wardship you don't have the right to employ a solicitor because you are deemed not to have the mental capacity to do that Mm. so that's fucked really especially when you consider that article 12 of the un convention of the rights of persons with disabilities states that disabled people have the right to make legally binding decisions on an equal basis with others regardless of their perceived decision making ability and particularly at Ireland, where unfortunately we have this kind of shameful history of pushing people with disabilities to the very corners of our society and like locking them up or hiding them from public view. Mm-hmm. Um, that that has given people an unrealistic expectation that, um, number one, all disabled people are the same or all people with a certain condition are the same. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also kind of... Um, particularly within the justice framework, it's, it's given the justice um, the idea that these people still need to be controlled, still need to be managed. Um, and in reality, we know from years of research and from best practice in other countries that the best thing you can do for someone who's disabled is advocate for them if they can't advocate for themselves and listen to what they want mm-hmm. um, and, and try your best to get it for them. Yeah. So... <clears throat> on a kind of an attempt to do something about that, um, Ireland will enact the Assisted Decision-Making Act from 2022, which allows, um, it kind of provides for the end of a wardship. Like right. if, you, if you wish to end your wardship, how would that happen? But it's still not fully human rights compliant because it retains the option to appoint a third party to make decisions for the person who lacks capacity. And again, that third party would not be decided by the person under the wardship. Exactly. So just a few cases um, in 2019. Can I just say, um, again, like I think it's important for when we're talking about, you know, the woman, women's place and is like the constitution, like that first act, you're talking the Lunacy Act, how important that initial document is, like what the foundation documents that people are working off of is so important. Even if you think it's not being enacted, it comes back to these things. Like they do still have weight if they're not replaced. Like if they, if, if it's not completely replaced, then like, like even having a even having something like that that's called the lunacy act still in operation is it it even if all there were so many amendments in it even all of these things the the fact that there's still a, a working document like that in our legal system um is is a measure of like 
how progressive that law is going to be like you know because you haven't even bothered to repeal that and replace it completely um so I just and words have that. such power like we don't you know as as with many words the word lunatic was first not in any way pejorative mm-hmm. like it was a medical word to describe people who had mental health issues but language changes and evolves and that word is not acceptable mm-hmm. to be calling people with mental health issues or any type of of, of anything like mm-hmm. you know it's not a word that it, it became pejorative so it's not a word that should be used anymore exactly mm-hmm. like you said and I think that one of the things that is really important is is the language that we use around this so <clears throat> for example when the HSE goes to court to try and enforce a certain part of the wardship, like be it medical treatment or whatever, they'll often refer to the person as having some form of disability. And it's really all they say about that person in the articles like that are printed, you know, they don't tell you that the person is, I don't know, 35 and loves Grand Prix racing and wishes to be able to buy a fucking 70 euro pair of runners without permission. You know, it's the person is just referred to by their perceived condition or perceived ability. Right. And yeah. that that language is also very important. Yeah. Um, in in 2019, the Supreme Court um acknowledge that uh, wardship deprives a person of the power to make many of the choices that are fundamental and integral to their day-to-day lives. And even just last month, the HSE um, went to the High Court to get a caesarean section authorised on a woman who is in prison who has a psychosocial disability because the HSE claims that she doesn't have the capacity to make any decisions regarding her or her unborn child's health, but that the woman had specifically stated that she did not want a cesarean section and the woman had um, refused to undergo any prenatal treatment so she refused to cooperate with ultrasounds um, and examinations and stuff um, and wants a natural birth but the HSE have have been granted this order to give her an elective cesarean section. Yeah I think we talked about this a little bit where we were talking about how like it would just be interesting to see like are they getting this is the problem not having all of this information given to the public and it's all just you know reported in this vague way even as you're saying about like labeling people like what are what are the conditions by by which they would um perform a c-section and we were saying about like how so many women in ireland the c-sections are so 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 high um and it's both a cultural thing and a a, a very fast medical procedure to make people just make it willy-nilly when it's ne- not necessarily something that should be made like that because there are huge benefits to having a natural birth. And obviously it is down to the woman at the end of the day, but I think we have been... Like, you can't... If you have two, if you have two babies by C-section, you have to have the third one by C-section. You are not allowed. You yeah, and... birth naturally anymore. I think a part of it is, like you said, about the fact that it is um, schedulable. Mm -hmm. So a C-section is you will come in Tuesday at five o'clock and we will give you a C-section. Natural birth is not not schedulable. You know, some women go three weeks over 
and the, hosp- the, the bureaucracy that has taken over our medical system is not able to uh, deal with that. Like you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. And right. when women do labor for a very long time, a lot of the time they're given the out. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that the doctors, um, they need the room, they need the equipment, they need everything. And so the woman is given an option of having a C-section. And for a lot of women, if you've labored for 24, 30 hours, you're very, very tired and you just you just want your baby, mm-hmm. you know, when maybe that wasn't in your original birth plan and you're under the influence of a lot of hormones at that time. And some women have come out and said that they were unhappy that they were given a C-section. They didn't really want one, you know, and they wish right. that they had the option where the nurse had said, or you can continue to labor here and we'll check on you in another few hours. But they weren't given that option. Right. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why the C-sections are so high in Ireland. So it's just, wow, it's definitely yeah, something that would be interesting to look at. I didn't think of that way. The actual hospital capacity is forcing like a, a more efficient way of giving birth, which, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So the final point that I wanted to talk about was um, another high court challenge. This was in June 2020. A man with an intellectual disability um, under a wardship had been prevented from marrying his long term partner. So he's been with this woman for 15 years. She also has a intellectual disability, but is not under any wardship order as she is classed as very high functioning. So he is taking a challenge saying that the entire wardship system is unconstitutional because it breaches his human rights, the right to get married. And the woman is also taking a case that the denial breaches her rights, her human rights to get married. So the court struck it down and said, no, no, that's not, that's not, that's not, we're not going to accept that. And then quietly appealed and the man appealed it and very quietly the state changed that part of the law so what they're what they're doing like you said is instead of striking down the whole system they're just making teeny tiny amendments to it Mm -hmm. um which is a much much longer process obviously Mm -hmm. than just saying look okay this isn't working it's not working for people with um with disabilities and we need to do something about that there will unfortunately there will always be a place for wardships and conservatorships particularly around the care of people who are very elderly who have something like alzheimer's or dementia right. yeah. um that that's just unfortunately the way that those diseases progress yeah. um is not uh it, it's not compatible with a huge fortune of money um it's it's just not so there will always be a place for them but using them in the way that they're being used at the moment it's control and Mm. in our in this day and age that's so wrong that we're denying people with with mental health issues or or disabilities the right to live their life as they wish to live their life you know you and I you know some weird people I know some weird people everybody knows weird people who do weird things with their money you know people who never spend any of their money or people who blow every cent they have Mm -hmm. and if I have the right to do that why can't someone else have the right to do that if it's their money do you know what I mean yeah 
yeah it's just as you said it is controlling and it and it's always coming down to money like when there's money involved there's control and when there's no money involved there's neglect <clears throat> but there it's like I don't know for some reason it's just it's it's giving me serious like I'm a single mother and there is a you know welfare supervisor rummaging through my closet looking for the the man who stayed over last night do you, uh, do you ever see those stories oh it's God, just, yeah it's just giving me those vibes like that there is the possibility that someone can have this much control of your life and then this much um I can't imagine what it must be like to be like uh someone who is super high functioning but then has you know does not need someone to be looking after them and trying to advocate for yourself like and trying to get someone to just stop controlling you um and just legally listen to you and what you want yeah, you know that's not it's just so crazy um yeah it's it's not it's advice. definitely something definitely something that anybody who is you know meets a politician or is voting in the next election will be something to ask them because I would say that a lot of them know very little about it mm. you know it's not something that comes up very often and yet there are probably there are probably hundreds of people kind of languishing in this in this place where they're adults but they're not adults yeah they're rich but they're not or even you know they're they're able to get by, but really they're not because they're not given the access to, to, to have the things that they want, you know? And yeah. I just think that's wrong, basically. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, yeah, now, obviously there is a place in society for something like that because of, but, but I wonder, it would be interesting to look at the law and see how vague this language is and, you know, Unfortunately, you can have a system where by people, multiple agencies are colluding in order to put the, the, the people that they want away, a.k.a., you know, Magdalene Laundries and Mother and Baby Homes, like, um, you know, Magdalene, they were called Magdalene Asylums in some places. And like, even though you had, you know, even though you had multiple agencies colluding with each other to all agree that like, you know, you, the law... You had the civil service, you had doctors, and guards. you had the guards, you had everything come together to like all agree these, this is justified and this is legal and this is not even legal. This is like outside the law, really. We're not even going to question it. Um, so the law has to be very clear and you also need like watchdogs and everything else, you know, like it's just exactly there should be like um like there should be some form of ombudsman like there is obviously an ombudsman for disabilities and there's an ombudsman for children and there's an ombudsman for this that and the other but I suppose a specific ombudsman that is a completely third party like it has nothing to do with the justice system at all mm. and has nothing to do with any of the charities that provide the care for people with mental illnesses or people with disabilities that would be a start mm -hmm. to give people the option to go to an ombudsman and say look I'm not happy with the way I'm being treated mm -hmm. you know um, and at least that would be a start so thank you so much so much for listening guys and I hope that um, you were interested in what we had to say and please do let us know if there's anything else that you'd like us to do a podcast on um, Christina yeah that's it 
Thanks very much for listening, everyone. You can find us on our social medias and um, do check out that two hours of protest music if you want to learn some music stuff as well. Um, I'll post that on the link tree on social media. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.